0: So we've been in a series called Slay Giants, Take Ground. We've been talking about for the last two weeks, uh, a, a, a giant. A giant that is always in your and I's life, rears its ugly head up and gets in the way of the things that God's called you to. And the thing that God's called you to be, the person that God's called you to be. There's giants that just get in the way. For week one, we slay the giant of fear we talked about what it really looks like to, to walk out a life that God's called you to live while fear is not going to hold you captive. Last week, Pastor Fawn was here. She preached on slaying the giant of rejection. Man, what a word. Just that, that a lot for a lot of us, rejection is the very thing that holds us back from becoming who God's called us to be going to where God's called us to go. Tonight, we're slaying a giant that's a little bit different than the other ones. But it's, it could potentially be one of the, the most important of the seven that we're gonna we're gonna walk through. Uh, in fact, I'll put up on the screen. Here's where we're going for the, the next the next few weeks. Tonight we're slaying the giant of comfort, but the next few weeks I want you to see because these are the the, the next the four that we've got left. Uh, next week's the giant of anxiety and depression. Um, hey, this is a big one. Let me tell you something. The number one thing that is plaguing our generation right now. Yeah. Is anxiety and depression. Yeah. If I were, to, if you were to be honest with me tonight, and I were to have a one-on-one conversation with you, nobody else was around to like hear your you hear your conversation with me. I can almost guarantee you that 80 to 90 percent of you, because I've done I've had a lot of these conversations, and I've done like raise your hand moments, and people are pretty honest about it. But if we were to have one-on-one, you don't have to worry about anybody else who was seeing or listening to. 80 to 90 percent of you. So nine out of ten of you, eight or eight out of ten of you would say like you you struggle with anxiety or depression, or you have. Or you know somebody really closely. That is, this is a huge deal, and, and and quite frankly, it's it's not just a like it's like not just like a fad. It's not just like a thing that people are struggling with. It's gonna like pass in like next year. It's gonna be something else. Like it's a real deal. It's 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 so big of a deal that like it's 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 leading people. You know, anxiety really trickles into depression, which really trickles into suicidal thoughts, which trickles into this whole world of. of of high schoolers taking their own lives. I mean, there's it is, it's an epidemic, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not willing to stand by and let another person that's struggling with it continue to struggle with it without somebody reaching a hand out and saying, like, we are going to walk this thing out together.
1: Yeah.
0: And so if, if you're struggling with it, or you know people that are, this is the night that it, it is, is ready for you to step out and invite somebody to. Next week is our invite night of the semester. We have Pastor John who's going to come and he's going to preach. He's our lead pastor. He, he, he has said in this season, like, I want to come in and give this message uh, to these students. I want to challenge you. This, this next This next week is going to be the biggest night that our youth ministry has ever seen because it's, it's, it's an issue that I know so many people are struggling with and God wants to set free. God wants to do a miraculous healing, restoring, redeeming work in people's lives next week and slaying the giant of anxiety and depression. We're gonna have, we have a prayer ministry here of incredible men and women who, who literally, their passion and calling in life is prayer. They, they will, they pray every single day for you. Every single day, they pray for you. There's people that are, you don't even know them and you will never know, them, and that's okay. There's, there's people that are going to be here at the end of our service to pray for, for pray for whoever needs prayer. We're going to have a, it's going to be a, a packed house and we're going to see God move powerfully. We made these invite cards because I'm, I'm serious about this night. I'm serious about Jesus setting some people free in your schools and in your friend groups and on your teams. And so we got a stack of them. before you leave tonight, I want you to take well, I want you to take at least one, but if some of you need to take like 10. And bring them to school. And they just all, all it says on it is you're invited. Okay, it's real real clean, real simple. Slay giants, take around, you're invited. On the other side it says slaying the giant of anxiety and depression. 630. It's got the address. It's got the date of next Sunday night. Take a couple of these with you and then pass them out to some people at school. I challenge if you call LWY your home, if you are like this is you've already been a part of this family for a while, you've been here, and you're not a guest or you're you're not newer. Uh, I challenge, if you, if you call LWI at your home, I challenge every single one of those people, of you, to bring three people with you next Sunday night. If each of you brought three people with you to this service next Sunday night, we wouldn't have enough <laughs> space in here to fill this room, or to, to, to hold the people in this room that, that God wants to minister to you. So I challenge, if you, if you say I'm, I, I, LWI is my family, then I'm calling you to bring three people next week to this service. Grab some invite cards before you leave tonight. It's going to be a powerful night. So that's next week, but tonight we're gonna slay the giant of comfort. <laughs> comfort, gosh, that's a weird giant, Chase. Is, this is not as like, like intimidating as fear or rejection or anxiety, depression or anger. We got a couple of those. Comfort's kind of like this, like cute, cuddly little thing. It's different, kind of giant. I think of it more like mike wazowski compared to Sully, like it's not like your normal type of giants it's like a little green it's more minion like it's like kind of that kind of mentality but let me tell you something i believe if i'm being honest with you i believe that the the number one thing i believe that the number one thing that keeps christians people that would claim to say they follow jesus from walking in the fulfillment the fullness of what god has for them is comfort Think it's the number one thing. And I, I can say that genuinely because it's been the number one thing for me, right next to rejection. But, but it's what I honestly see in, in, in the majority of Christians' lives around me on the day to day. It's the number one thing that keeps people from, from walking out into the, the fullness of who God's called them to be, of where he's called them to go, of the things that he's called them to do. And so it's something that, I'm not gonna wait until you're an adult to, to, to discuss or address, because I see it a lot with adults, but it's even, it's going on in high school, it's going on in junior high school. people that would say like, I'm a Christian, but for whatever reason, the giant of comfort is dictating your life when it comes to Jesus.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I feel like God's given me a word tonight to say like, no, we got to slay the giant of comfort yeah. Yeah. if you're going to go to where God's called you to go, if you're going to be who God's called you to be. And so what we're going to recap tonight, we've been talking about David. King David, if you're unfamiliar with this man, he's, he's the greatest king to ever live in the history of kings. Like this is, this in his, and especially the Bible, but King David is, is the giant slayer. Most of us know him as, as the guy that killed the, the giant Goliath with the, the slingshot with, with, the, with the sling and some stones, and, and he's pretty famous for that. We've been walking through his story, and there's something that I want to point your attention to tonight in this, the story we've been uncovering in, in your Bibles. If you have your Bible, uh, or... Or if you don't, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just gonna kind of, I'm really actually gonna just recap a little bit of this because I think, um, for the sake of the time tonight, I want to get to it. But in First Samuel chapter 17, what we, what we see, is a people of God, the people of Israel, are, are being tormented by a giant. We brought about, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The giant's name is Goliath, and his people, his army, are the Philistines. Okay, they're the enemy. They've come into the Israelites' land, they've come into the people of Israel's place, and they basically begin to infringe on their land and intimidate them and bully them and say, like, we're gonna kill you, we're gonna we're gonna come for you, you're gonna be our slaves, we are gonna come in and and basically defeat you. And the, their their representative in this in this moment was a man named Goliath who would come out and there'd be both armies on both on, on, on two different hills, there'd be this deep valley. And every single day, the armies would send a person down or their commanders down from the top of the hills to the valley to discuss, okay, how are we going to have this war? Because we need to fight. they would send, the Philistines would send their giant, Goliath. This dude was g- literally giant. Like, not just like, you know, I mean, he was an actual nine foot tall, gargantuan of a man. <laughs> I don't. Know, i I'm not a funny joke. I was gonna say. I'm gonna move past it because I'm not. I'm not funny. So I can't. I can't. I think I'm funny
1: in here. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna
0: be. And I gotta remember, like, every time I do that, I'm, I was like, that was don't ever do that again. So he's a legit giant, nine foot tall. Okay, he comes down and he he intimidates the people of Israel, the people of God, and basically says like, who do you got to come and fight me? Because I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna chew you guys like in half. I, I'm not. This is you got nothing on me. And the people of Israel. The Bible says in this chapter, um, they 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 don't have anybody, and they're scared, and they're intimidated, and they are they they stay stuck in this moment. And then there's this boy David, right, who's got all these older brothers who have been called to battle, who are who are going, they're on the front lines, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to defeat the Philistines and Goliath. And David is, has to stay at home and take care of the sheep. And he hears about this, and he goes and he visits, and he sees what's going on. And we we, we walked through the story a couple weeks ago. But the thing I wanted to point your attention to is is what the actual the, the the army, the Israelite army, what where they get stuck? Because we didn't really we didn't really focus in on them as much. And I want us to see something in chapter 17. Um, in chapter 17, I used my other Bible earlier. There's a moment where. Basically, it says that they, they had to stand up for 40 days. 40 days, the people of Israel could not get outside of their comfort zones with this giant that was intimidating them. And, and they continued to remain safe. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get out of the place where they felt secure, where they felt like they were gonna stay alive, where they felt like they, they had a, a, a genuine sense of security. And, and, and then David shows up, and he sees what's going on, and he, he analyzes the situation, and he's like, what? Are you guys kidding me? Like, you've been here for 40 days, and nobody's done anything? This is nuts. Like, this is crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, we have God on our side. Like, God is with us. You, y'all would tell me you've been here in your comfort for 40 days and done nothing about this giant. And, and you've got God on your side? And he's like, no, not not going to happen. Like, I'm going to do something about it. So what took 40 days for the Israelites to sit in their comfort zone? And in a matter of 40 seconds, David understood something was about to happen and who he, who, who was with him. And he began to, before he even slayed the giant Goliath, he began to slay the giant of comfort. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this illustration tonight a couple different times, and that's why I got this up here. This This table... This little table looks like a prison table. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is going to represent your and I's comfort zone? You all have one. We all have a comfort zone. In fact, we're real familiar with our comfort zones. We love our comfort zones. Our comfort zones are safe and they're cozy and they bring us happiness because when we're in there, it's like a sleeping bag on a cold night while you're camping. It is just like you, you bundle up in there and it's cozy and like... If you could be cuddling with like the person you want to cuddle with, it's just it is just like an absolute perfect scenario. Calm down, calm down. Don't <laughs> you know, worry, we got our we got our love and relationship series in February. I know you guys are ready for it right now. We gotta wait, we gotta wait. Everybody's got a comfort zone, right? Everybody is familiar with with what it means to have a comfort zone. And, but, but, but back to my original statement, the number one thing that keeps people, that keeps Christians from experiencing all that God has for them is, is their comfort. Is their comfort zone. Here, here's how our comfort can become harmful. Let me read a couple points. I want you just to see. Because you're thinking like comfort's different. It's not like a fear or rejection thing, but let me give you some thoughts about how your comfort can actually become harmful to you. If we miss, imagine that you're missing a, a great opportunity because you choose a safer, easier route. It can be harmful. If a good thing actually turns out to be harmful or counterproductive over time because it actually lulls you into some false sense of, uh, of security. Comfort can become harmful if we choose the good thing but we miss the God thing. Comfort can become harmful if we buy into the idea that we work hard for a season of life and then we can choose to do whatever we want with the rest of it. So many of us are thinking about that about high school, that once I'm done with high school then I could just, oh, uh, I could coast for a bit. Once I'm done with college and I could just, or once I'm done with this semester or this week like we have those mentalities that have something about comfort. If we slip into the thinking of it's my life to do with as I please, I mean that's when comfort can become harmful. Or if my number one factor in deciding what I do is whatever makes me happy, and this is what I see all the time in high school, when it comes to comfort zones. Most of your deciding factors, people that are are captured by their comfort zone they stay here. They're considering everything that they decide to do is considered through the filter of is this going to make me happy or not?
1: Yeah.
0: That's when the comfort zone becomes harmful. Last one, if we grow accustomed to our sin and we fail to confront it and remove it from our lives, that's also another reason why comfort can become harmful. But but true and think about this for a second: true and authentic Christianity and comfort are actually incompatible. Truly following Jesus, when you look at the scriptures, when you see men and women throughout the Bible that genuinely gave everything they had for the Lord, that and living in their comfort zone actually didn't work. Like they couldn't do it. They both, they did not work together. It's like eating a peanut butter and banana with Miracle Whip sandwich. That's just downright dirty. (laughs) But my grandma would give that stuff to us almost every single week whenever we would go visit with her, and she was she swore by it. That was like her sandwich: Miracle Whip, peanut butter, and banana. Like it's yeah, filthy. Is is incompatible? They don't go together. Think about think about something that's incompatible. Some of you are thinking about a relationship that you had at one point in your life, or a relationship that you're in right now. You're like this is not working. This is inc- we are incompatible. We are not gonna. But listen, you can't, listen to me quickly, listen to me carefully. If you're following Jesus genuinely with all of your heart, you that and living in your comfort zone are incompatible. They don't work. They They actually can't. But yet we live so much of our Christianity clinging to comfort with everything we've got as long as we can. We really just want God to make us more and more comfortable. Like, that's what I'm watching. That's what I've worked through, and that's what I'm still working through. I see that all the time, though. It's, it's really like, God, how can you make my life more comfortable than it is right now? Because comfort, we've connected to happiness, and so we really want God to just only do stuff with us and in us and through us if, it, if we can stay, stay right here. If we could stay right here in our comfort zone, Then we're like, okay, God, let's let's work this out together while we're in here. But if you're genuinely following Jesus, you can't live in here and actually follow Jesus at the same time. Two kinds of comfort I see this generation deal with the most. The first, in the world of comfort, it's just comfort by laziness. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, okay, so I hear people all the time talk about millennial generation and Gen Z, and you guys would be, I'm a millennial, but you guys would be Gen Z, you're just the next generation right behind us. And, and I hear this all the time, especially about millennials. They're lazy. They're entitled. They don't, they don't know how to work for anything. They're assuming like everything is theirs. And there's some truth to some of those things, but I don't, I don't believe that about everybody, and I don't believe that as a generalization. But I will tell you that I watch a lot of Christian high school students let laziness get in the way of the things that God has for them to do anything for them. Yeah. Like, just genuinely, like, they don't, they don't want to get out of the comfort zone because they they aren't willing to be uncomfortable with something, to be in a, in a place that is gonna require them to step up and commit something. There's this commitment phobia with this generation, with you and our generation. There's this commitment, I don't wanna commit because if I commit and I really don't like it, then I feel stuck and I don't wanna let you down and so I don't, I'm not even gonna do it at all. In fact, I'll forget bail, I'm gonna stay in my comfort zone and keep myself safe and cozy and cuddly. This thing's going to fall and crack my head open. I know. (laughs) I can't. I can't do it. I see that. I see that all the time. Can you guys actually bring those back up? That made me feel better. Did you have some with you, Jaden? Is that cool? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm not in a dark spot. Um, Laziness. And so I want you to think about that for you. How many times have you said no to something God was calling you to do because Mm -hmm. you thought about what it was going to cost you Mm -hmm. in the world of comfort? Second thing I see there, I see I see laziness, but the, the next one I see is 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 the form of comfort that's connected to fear of man. For real. <laughs> oh, uh, Landon, I'm, I'm preaching right now. <laughs> In my high school service. You wanna say hi you wanna say hi <laughs> people? Say hi. What's up? For high school, people. <laughs>
1: like six foot one and three
0: years younger, two years younger than me, but, and he's, he's a giant, actually. Um,
1: Fear of man. Okay, this is the other kind of comfort zone
0: I see people cling to. They're so worried about what people think about them, so they refuse to get out of their comfort zones because they're so concerned about what somebody might think about if they get out of their comfort zone, what's somebody going to think? If, if I get out of my comfort zone and go do what God's called me to do, and go be who God's called me to be, what is that person going to think about me? What's that girl that I I I'm, I'm, I'm like and I want to like me going to think? What are my friends on the football team going to think? What are people going to think if I actually get out of my comfort zone and I go walk in obedience and faith to what God's called me to be? I see the fear of man and the opinions of man hold you back, hold me back in the world of comfort zone. I see those all the time. But tonight, it's not about condemning you to or making you feel bad about how much you live in your comfort zone Because we all live in our comfort zone more than we don't if we're being honest. Yeah, we all do Tonight's not about making you feel bad about that. In fact, tonight's actually about inspiring you to see something to see the potential not the problem of comfort zone but the potential of what can happen when you live out of your comfort zone when, when you say yes to God like David did, when there's a bunch of people around you who are completely content and complacent with just hanging out in their comfort zone for 40 days while there's an enemy, while there's a giant that's tormenting and invading in the land that God's called these people to take, and somebody shows up, David shows up, and he says yes to God, and he looks at the situation, he goes, what are you guys doing? You're just hanging out, staying safe and comfortable? We've got God on our side. Like, let's go do something about it. Some of you, God's going to speak that to you tonight. The, the, the potential, not just the problem, but the potential of what can happen when you get out of it. And that's where I want to go. I want to inspire you. I want you to see the potential. And, and if you don't, let me listen, listen very carefully. Because I want to, if there's a group of you, if you don't want all that God has for you, if, if you don't want more of God, and if you don't want God to use you to make a life-changing impact, then, then don't listen to the next 10 minutes of my message. If you, if you, don't, if you don't really want God to, to use you, you don't want to experience more of him, you don't want your life to make an impact, then, then, then you know what you need to do? You need to stay comfortable. Because if you stay comfortable and you stay living in your comfort zone, that's going to become the outcome and the reality of your life. But if you're interested, or maybe you're, you're curious, about about what God has for you. That there really is a God. We're not just talking about a religious, faux, fuzzy bearded, white beard man way out in the distance of the clouds. We're talking about like Wesley preached and Wesley prayed really a God that's close. A real God. Like we're not just up here jumping around because we like to jump around and get sweaty. We are up here praising and singing our our guts out to a God who's alive and he's real and he loves you and he's got stuff for your life and He. He wants to heal you, and he wants to restore relationships, and he wants to to bring the light of Jesus, the Savior of the world, through you to people that are completely lost and broken. And if you want that, then we need to slay comfort tonight. We need to slay the giant of comfort. So many of us have bought into the lie of comfortable Christianity that I can follow God and live for him as long as I'm remaining comfortable while I'm doing it. I don't have to do anything hard. I don't have to do anything risky. I don't have to do anything bold. But let me tell you, your comfort will hold you captive. So many Christians are being held captive by their comfort zones. And I'm just like ready. And I believe the Spirit of God tonight is saying, Are you ready? Because if you're ready to consider stepping out of your comfort zone to experience. More of God. He's got something to speak to you tonight. So, what happens? This is what I'm, we're gonna we're gonna kind of land here. I want to look at two things that happen. Two things that happen. You can throw up the question on the on the screen. What happens when you choose to live outside of your comfort zone? What happens? And this is really the why. This is really like if you're gonna listen, like the why you would listen to me tonight. This is why this is important. What happens when you live out of your comfort zone? The first the first one is this you experience more of God. When you live out of your comfort zone, you actually experience more of God than you do when you live in. Why is this a big deal? Why is this important? I I remember thinking about this. There was in high school, I lived a lot of my Christianity in the category of should. I, I should do this because it's what the Bible says I should do this because this is what my leader say is right I should do this because it's how my parents raised me I should do this because if I do this Then I won't get in trouble I, I don't know if any of you guys can resonate with any of that But some of you might But a lot of my Christianity, a lot of my following Jesus Was in the category of should yeah. But but over the last several years The Lord has been been taking me on a journey From should All the way over here it's could. Yeah. Yeah. And here's what I mean. All of a sudden, when God started stirring in me this, this fire of, like, chase, I've got so much more for you in your life following me if you get out of your comfort zone and step out, and you live not just in the Christianity of should, because there are some healthy things in the should. Keep, they're going to keep you alive. They're going to keep you in the boundaries that are going to produce life in you. But, but we can get stuck there, and we can get bound there. God's actually called us to the world of could what could happen if i stepped out of my comfort zone like what could happen if i if i stepped out at school and rather than remain isolated by myself with the only group of friends I was comfortable with, I let God use me to go talk to somebody that nobody was talking to. What could happen yeah. if I started a Christian club? What could happen if I rallied a bunch of my people together and I said, let's pray every Friday or let's pray once a month at our flagpole for God to do a revival over us"? What could happen if I stepped out of my comfort zone? And I believe that could is greater than should.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so many of us are stuck living in should, but God's saying, I got, I got more for you. If you begin to go, God, what could you do? If you stepped out of my life, so when you live out of your comfort zone, you live in a world where could's greater than should. And then you begin to experience more of God. If you want to experience the miraculous power of God in your life, get out of your comfort zone. If you want to see God show up in ways that just blow your mind, that just like don't make any sense, that just the only way that it can happen is it's all God, then get out of your comfort zone. If you want to experience more of the presence of God in your day-to-day life, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Get out of the place that you always feel secure and safe and warm and fuzzy. God's got miraculous stuff to do in and through your life, out of your comfort zone. That's, that's one of the things that happens. I think about this, I love this I love this thought that the holy, holy discomfort is what draws the comforter. Like think about this, you don't need the comforter you don't need the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that the, the the Holy Spirit is like our comforter. Jesus says it, and I believe it's John 14, he talks about a comforter that he's gonna send, the Holy Spirit, to us to help us, convict us of sin, and walk with us and empower us to life. He's the comforter. But listen, we don't need the comforter if we're always comfortable. Yeah. Think about that. Like if I'm always comfortable in my Christianity in my life and I'm never stepping out of my comforters, I'm like, I don't need I don't need God to step in and do something crazy or like I don't need to really lean on him because I got this all figured out and associated. But the comforter is something that, if you if you want to if you step out of your comfort zone you will experience more of the comfort of the Holy Spirit in your life. I mean this this is what like I'm so pumped about though, because like I, I see too many, I see too many people leave the church because they're bored with Christianity. I see too many people leave the church because this stuff is like, it's just crusty and it's religion and it's just what they've been doing and it's because Christians aren't taking this idea that like God could do miraculous stuff in and through them if they just got out of their comfort zones and Christianity is boring in here it's safe in here, it's secure in here but it's boring Mm -hmm. and God has so much to do in and through you out of your comfort zone, you experience more of him when you get out of your comfort zone second thing Number one is you experience more of God. The second one is that you impact people's lives for eternity. Like when you live out of your comfort zone, your your eternity impact goes up exponentially. I think, about, I, think about you, I think about you guys every single day. I mean, I think about people that are coming, and then I saw this group that came for pre-service prayer earlier tonight, the thing that God has been really reckoning me with are the people that aren't here yet. The people that don't know Jesus yet. Like, that's what messes me. That's what messes me up. And then I think about, okay, God, what's the solution here? Because I'm one person. Like, I I have one voice, and I'm going to use it with everything I got. Like, I wanted to play football. I wanted to. I, I know you're laughing, but I was pretty fast for a good couple of months in my life. So, not like Zane, Murphy fast, but like, I was like, I was, all right, all right. So, anyway. There was a lot of things that I really wanted to do, and, and, and then something, something changed in me. and God, really, I, God got a hold of me in a different way that basically, not that I had to be in ministry, but God reoriented my entire pursuits and was like, you can go and serve yourself with the desires of your heart and, and go be fulfilled for a temporary time, or you can live outside of your comfort zone and be used by me to make an eternity, eternal impact in people's lives all the time. And and, and by God's grace, I said yes to that second call, and I've been learning how to walk that out ever since. But but when you live out of your comfort zone, your eternal impact in people's lives goes up exponentially. Why that's a big deal? Here's why that's a big deal. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, and if you don't, I just want you to remember the phrase. It's always all about souls. It's always all about souls. It's always all about souls. Is always all about souls. Listen, life is short, eternity is long, God is big. Yeah. It's always about souls. At the end of the day, it's always all about souls. It's all always all about where people are gonna go spend in eternity. Like we spend so much time and energy and emotion and heart trying to do everything for right here and right now, and, and that's normal for humanity, but we gotta get a perspective shift to realize that like. That's not going to last forever, but we'll, what will last forever is where people are going to spend eternity. What are you doing with the limited time that you've got right now to impact people for that long time? That is an eternity. It's always all about souls. Olivia, can I I'm invite you to come up to the keys as I wrap things up, if you don't mind? It's always all about souls, and when we lose sight of that, that's when things can get that's when things can get backwards and things can kind of get out of whack. It's always all about souls. It's about your soul. It's about the souls that like are going to still be saved by Jesus. Faithful obedience to God is always on the outside of your comfort zone. What's your comfort zone? Where's the, where's the boundaries of your comfort zone in your life right now? What What... What is it? Well, I'm gonna ask two important questions in just a moment, but that I want you to consider. But when it comes to comfort zone, there's something about the reality that like, I can't get out of here on my own. But like, I'll be honest, I'm stuck here if it's my own strength and my own willpower and my own might and my own wisdom that has got to try to get me out of here. Because I'll always come back. Always, I always, If I had the choice, I would stay in here all the time by myself. It's so much, it's warmer in here. It's so much better in here. I don't have to, I, I'm, I'm safer in here. I mean, I just get this place where I, if I don't do things outside of here, then I won't have to worry about being rejected. Then I won't have to worry about people thinking I'm, I'm, I'm weird or I'm stupid. I won't have to worry about failing. I won't have to worry about breaking a commitment. I want to worry about being hurt by somebody. Like, if I stay in here, then I, I, I can... And if it's on my... I, I can't stay... I can't get out of here on my own. The only way I get out of here is through the grace and the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. Like, Jesus is the only one that can slay the giant of comfort. Like, I can't... You can't hear my words and just go, okay, cool. I'm just gonna... Try harder to get out of my comfort zones and, and walk out in faith to what God's called me to be. At. And I'm going to go to school tomorrow and I'm going to see somebody and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Or I'm going to invite them to church. Or I'm going to sit with them at lunch. I'm just going to I'm going to push myself to do it. I'm gonna just, you'll fail. And then you'll, and then just what's going to happen? You'll run right back and come right back in here and hover in there until, until, and then miss the things that only Jesus can slay the giant of comfort. And so, really, for you tonight, it's just addressing the like, how are you in Jesus? Because Jesus, the one driving the car in your life, is Jesus the one that's steering your entire perspective? Is he the one that is where you're getting your identity from? Or do you need a, a fresh revelation of who he is? Some of you may not even know him at all. But Jesus is the perfect man that God sent his only son to the earth. He lived a perfect life and he died a brutal death to pay for you and I for our sins so that we can be redeemed and restored to him. Some of you have heard that message a hundred times. Let me tell you, oh, I, wish, I wish I could just... I wish I could just convince you. I wish. I wish with everything in me. I wish I could convince you, and I can't. I, I got to trust that God is going to do what only he can do, but I wish I could just help you see. You can't do it on your own. You were never made to do it on your own. Jesus came, and he, he lived, and he died, so that you can accept that gift of salvation through him to have eternal life, and then to live life abundantly on earth. You know where abundant life is lived? outside of your comfort zone. Only Jesus can slay that giant in your life and help you get there. And two important questions I want you to consider, and we're going to wrap up tonight just a little differently than normal. Two important questions I want you to consider for you. Like, don't think about your friend next to you. Don't think about your brother who really needs to hear this or your sister who really needs to hear this. I want you to think about you. Question number one, who? Who is on the other side of your comfort zone? that God's calling you to reach? Who is on the other side of your comfort zone? Right out here. That God's calling you to reach. So we, we all have people in our lives. Every single one of us. Even if we're like, I don't really know Jesus that well yet. That's fine. There's a lot of people that don't know him at all. But you're coming. And you're, you're learning. And you're growing. And you're around people who are helping lead you to him. So God wants to use you. Who's on the other side? of your comfort zone that God's called you to reach? Who are those three people that you need to invite next week to invite now to slay the giant of anxiety and depression? We all got who's. Who's it? And if you think about it through the lens of eternity, it means so much more. It's not just about them saying no and you feeling stupid. It could be the difference between them saying yes and getting being saved. Think about that. Man, that's what God wants to do. That's what he's going to do in this place. Who's on the other side of your comfort zone? God's calling you. Your second question, it's connected to it, but it's a little more specific. What? What is on the other side of your comfort zone that God's calling you to do? I believe that there's some of you God's already started to speak to and stir in your heart of some things he's calling you to do that the only reason you have not done them yet is because you're stuck in your comfort zone. What is it? Some of you, God is called to start something at your school. Some of you, God's called to start praying with some of the, the brothers or the sisters on your sports teams before the, the game, before practice. Some of you, God's, God's called to just step up as a leader to be used by Him and not just be a, a bystander, not just to be part of the crowd. Listen to me. Some of you are your crowd right now, and God's calling you to be leaders. Some of you, your crowd. And it's not a condemning summit. It's, I, I just want you to know some of you. You're, you're, you're in the crowd and you're in your comfort zone and God's saying, get out. I'm calling you to step up and step out to lead so the crowd can see you and see me in you and then follow you to follow me. Some of you, what is on the other side of your comfort zone God's calling you to do? Here's what I want you to do. Tonight, we're gonna do something unique. You've probably have seen these signs around the room of different schools. This is what I want us to do tonight as we wrap things up. We're going to spend five minutes, and almost every school is represented. we got Black Hills here. we got North Thurston over here, Capitol, Timberline, Tumwater, Olympia, and then we've got a group over here for others. So if you go to a different school, that's another. Like it could be River Ridge. It could be Northwest Christian. It could be homeschool, charter school. and I want you to go over there. Here's what I want to do. I believe God's about to start revivals at our schools. I mean see you at the poll on Wednesday was amazing. Some of you came and, and came to your flagpole at 7 a.m. before school started and you and you prayed together. I believe that God wants to start little mini see you at the polls all the time. Like I don't think it should just be a once-a-year thing. I think God wants to raise up some students to say, like, it's time that we get together and start to pray. It's time that we get together and start to talk about Jesus at school. It's time that we get together and, like, introduce people to Jesus at school and not just, like, hope that they'll come to church one day because they hopefully find out that we're Christian, but that, like, you actually get out of your comfort zone and become the person that God begins to use to go into the Philistine army, to go into enemy territory and be like, what are you guys doing sitting around for 40 days? Like, we got Jesus. (laughs) We've got God like god doesn't fail and god can't be defeated and we've got him so like what are we doing like let's go and be used by god with god to bring people to god to slay the giants that are holding them back that are holding them captive that are that are causing anxiety and depression and suicide i mean god is getting ready to explode a revival in some of your schools but don't think for a second that he doesn't want to use you because he does don't think for a second, like, oh, I'm not really a leader and this person talks way better than me or this person's on the football team or this person's a cheerleader or this person's a part of ASB, they're the president or this person, like all those places and spaces are great, but they're not qualifiers or disqualifiers
1: from God using you.